welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm Fergus. I'm your host. I will be joined by the boys shortly. Uh, we are going to discuss the Napoli game, the quarterfinal second leg and qualifying for the semi-finals. Crystal Palace at home. Uh, 50 games with Unite Emery and the upcoming game at Wolves. We'll do the Guna debate, the Prediction League, and much, much more. Remember, this is an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. What, what can we say about Emery? He's done everything right, hasn't he? An Arsenal podcast. On the day, I thought he was one of the best three players on the pitch. By Arsenal fans. Look, look at him. He's ready to rumble at any moment for Arsenal fans. We need a top-class centre-half. We don't need someone's cast-off. This is your Arsenal podcast. He's never going to be a superstar, but he gives 100%. Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Strangely Go enough, on. I'm not going to tell my wife when this podcast goes live for some reason. I am joking. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. Hello, good morning. Welcome to episode 77. I'm joined all the way from Melbourne uh, by Max. I'm joined all the way from Canterbury by Steve. And I'm bo- uh, joined all the way from Leighton by Manny, who's out for me today, apparently. Uh, we've got quite a lot to cover. Uh, we've just had a giggle beforehand. Uh, just chatting about some of the stuff that just can't go on here. Um We've got the Napoli game to cover, we've got the Palace game to cover, and Unai Emery's first 50 games, and we look ahead to, to Wolves, as I said in the intro, and everything else. So, boys, how are we doing on this lovely bank holiday? Well, is it a lovely bank holiday Monday morning? The, the, the sun is out, but fucking hell. Pretty miserable, really, isn't it? Well, I'm tired. <laughs> well, some of you were um, up at four o'clock in the morning messaging each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was, I was up at four. I'd, I'd fell asleep waiting for, waiting for old match of the day, um, which I'm glad because I don't normally like it. But um, yeah, saw saw the highlights and I was like, right, I'm gonna. Me-. But before I even messaged, someone was on the chat and I was like, well, that's that's Max and Manny. <laughs> yeah, they never sleep. They never sleep. So listen, let's look at, let's jump straight in and we look at the Napoli game. Uh, we all saw the Napoli game. Um, what did we make of the game, Manny? Do you want to go first? Um, it was easy. It was light work. Um, Napoli were terrible. Um, if that's the second best team in Serie A, then that's bad advertisement for that league. Um, superb free kick from Lacazette. And then it was just a case of, you know, for, for me, pretty much it was boring after that because we just contained them. They had nothing about them. They, they barely attacked. They were trying every dirty tactic in the world, running up to the referees, surrounding them, crying and bawling, you know, doing the typical Italian shit. That wasn't working. It, it was easy, very easy. And do you think, uh, like, obviously we lost um, Rambo on the 31st minute. And is, yeah. is that his last game for Arsenal? Nah, I think he'll be back. Okay. I think he'll be back. They said uh, two, three weeks. You know, so um, that'll make him fit again for the second leg against Valencia. So, no, that won't be the last time we'll see him. Good. I hope I hope you're right. I hope you're right. And we got that uh, excellent free kick from Lacazette on the 36th minute. Napoli needed four to win. Knowing that, do you think uh, Napoli felt a bit second rate? Like if that was, if if you go back and look at the uh, Champions League game that was on the night before, the uh, Tottenham-Man City game, you know, it didn't matter when... Um, Tottenham went ahead 2-0, City still kept at them. Napoli gave us nothing, did they? Because they didn't have anything. 
I don't know Did if it? that's a hundred percent true. I mean, they were they were fairly rubbish in front of goal, but they they did still create throughout. I, I I, I did get a feeling that the general sort of consensus was that this was really, really easy. And I didn't feel that throughout the entirety of the game. Yes, I felt it in parts of the game, but Napoli did have opportunities and they fluffed them. How many shots on target did they have, you know, throughout, the, throughout both legs? I wouldn't take shots on target as a direct because matter. their shooting was disgusting. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Max they, there. They were terrible. All right, they were terrible. Yes, they they you know created the chances, actual lead up but into the creation of the goals. They gave us trouble across both legs, both mm, legs. Doesn't they, matter. But, but yes, their actual. I mean, how much they blazed over the bar from from you know, like you said, <laughs> supposedly the, the 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 second best team in Italy was was fairly disgusting. I mean, we're talking an open header as well in the second leg, a, a clear and open header that we would go mental for if someone missed. So. Yes, I think it was easy. Yes, I think it was. Um, Arsenal were, for large parts, in second gear. But also, I mean, I would have really liked us to get the foot on the throat and put that to bed and get it away in both legs. Mate, listen, nobody is going to give a damn about how many chances Napoli created. The history books shows 2-0 and 1-0. Nobody cares that, you know, Milik missed a header and then Callejon missed a counter-attack and Insigne was offside. He's, he was born offside. Insigne Fucking hell. awful. Mind you, was born mind offside. You, I, but nobody's going to care about how many chances they created. It, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. You know, this is a team who they, they gave PSG trouble. They beat Nap- They beat Liverpool, you know, at, at their place. This isn't the, they, there were no mugs, supposedly. But from what I saw from them, I was expecting, you know, a lot more from them. They were terrible. So who cares how many chances they created? In, Insignia was um, quite, uh, when he got subbed, we see him standing by the dugout, like heart and soul. Uh, player, I, I was, I did like that. Him standing there, not just sitting there sulking or chucking his coat onto the touchline or anything like that sort of shit. He, he, he was living uh, every bit of that game. Personally, I enjoyed the performance. It was like Arsenal of old. Uh, we got an early goal, grinded out a, a solid result, and we pressed them. Um, um, and they had a lot of shots from outside the box, ineffective shots. <laughs> Italian job done, basically. Um, did you know that Lacazette's goal was the first direct free kick? kick that Arsenal had in Europe since Thierry Henry's free kick in Roma in the season of 2002-2003. Seriously? Mm-hmm. That's mad. Hashtag stats. <laughs> <laughs> enough about hash boys. I think you've talked about enough this morning. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm speaking to the Delia Smith of... Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> the Delia Smith of hash. Of hash. <laughs> Listen... Uh. You may want to try some sometime. No, thanks. I'm, I'm <laughs> all right. Might change your perspective. No, I'm all right. I'll stick to Amber Nectar. <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal have managed to keep nine clean sheets in the 11 European games, concede, conceding just four goals in that period. Um, and since his debut in August 2017, Lacazette has had his hand in 46 goals in all competitions, 33 goals and 13 assists, more than any other player at the club. Um, and Emery has won 26 matches in the Europa League knockout stages more than any other manager. Who was your man of the match? Ooh. Steve, mm. go first. I think, um, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say I'd say Lacazette. I think I think he led from the front and and got the goal that that won us the game. I think in the first half, it was, sorry, first half hour, he was a little bit 
a little bit quiet, a little bit timid, wasn't things weren't going his way. And as soon as that free kick came in, he looked like a man on a mission. <laughs> he was just like, no, I'm having this. And yeah, slot it home, did the Max? business. To be honest, I'm struggling to remember large parts of the game. It might be alcohol poisoning or <laughs> a seven-day, hundred-and-something-hour week I've just worked. But I will say that on revision of that Lacazette free kick, I did not realise when I watched it live how good it was, how, how absolutely top-draw yeah. world-class it was. So just on that alone, having kind of revisited, I think I just have to say, because it's been so long since we've had anyone who can do that, uh, Lacazette and that's two in what five weeks he hit another one about five weeks ago different style but two free kicks in a few weeks so it puts a feather in Arsenal's cap Manny uh, I'm going for Jamrock Maitland Isles oh he was solid okay um, I had Lacazette uh, Maitland Isles was in, in dispatches to be men- mentioned but I think just by the way he controlled the game uh, in from the centre Shaka I thought Shaka had a great game I did have a good oh, game oh I didn't Hmm. So, Ooh, but I, I suppose over... you didn't. No, well, you I, I thought he had a really good game controlling the game with the ball. I thought he was diabolical without it. I thought he didn't press. I thought he didn't close space in front of him. He kept backing off when the rest of the team was pressing. I agree with you completely that with the ball at his feet, he was really, really good. But I was screaming at him to close the space, and that's a lot of the reason for me why they created the chances that they created. I also thought that defensively he he didn't partner with Torreira really well and they were on completely different pages because Torreira was the one pressing and Jacker was the one backing off. But that's what I thought. Okay, okay. So overall I think the vote goes for Lacazette between it's, it's, it's two to uh, two and a half to to one. Uh, prediction league wise um, I went for the draw Manny went for a 2-1 win um, and Mike went for the draw uh, no a 2-1 loss Manny went for uh, which still gets through and the, uh, Max you me- messaged us through because you uh, couldn't be asked to um, <laughs> come on last week uh, or the, the, one, the last podcast uh, you messaged through a correct score of uh, 1-0 so that gives uh, me 46 points Manny you're on 40 points the mics are on 38, and the guests are up to 41. So, Manny, you're oh in third my place. God. Fergus, Fergus, Fergus. Yeah, are you How ta- many more times are, are, are you going to get this wrong? Are you wrong? Tottenham in disguise? How many times are you going to get this you wrong? Matt said 1-0 to Napoli. You said 2-1 loss. I said 1-0 to Napoli. Oh, you went 1-0 Napoli? I went 1-0 okay, Napoli. Christ. Okay, okay, I'll take your points off you then. You could have, you could have, <laughs> I could have actually taken Trev's 1-1 as well, because he sent through 1-1. Listen, let's not worry about it. I'll, I'll, I'll update that, that afterwards. Um... <laughs> Arsenal Palace yesterday. Um, oh. <laughs> Arsenal uh, only defeated uh, in their eighteen type top. Their only defeat um, in their eighteen top flight meetings with Crystal Palace came in nineteen ninety four, the year my daughter was born. For Christ's sake, we won thirteen of them and drawn three. And as I was, I remember putting these stats in, and I'm thinking, oh shit! I'm sitting there watching the Man United game, giving some stick to my brothers and my nephews. Um, over it, and then I was thinking, oh shit, you know, this is going to come back to us. Following the 2 2 draw Selhurst Park in October, which I was at, and it was a dire game, um, Palace are looking to avoid defeat in both league encounters for the first time since 1978, sorry, 1979 80 season. And if Arsenal uh, win each of the remaining five league games, including this one that we're going to talk about, they'll finish on 80 points, which is more. Who's having a piss? Um, <laughs> 
No, that's me just pouring myself a glass of wine, boys. Uh, okay, yeah, I've I've got water here. <laughs> um, uh, if we finish on eighty points, is the first time that we'll finish uh, on that points are more since two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. With Manchester United receiving a hammering at Everton earlier today and Tottenham losing to Man City the previous day, it was an ideal opportunity for the Gunners to take a big step to secure Champions League football for next year. Yet, United Emery's side were punished for an awful defensive uh, performance um, and they fell only to the second home league defeat under the uh, Spaniard. What did we make of the lineups first of all? Mm. Well, if it, it didn't shit. work last week, if it didn't work against Everton, mm. why exactly was it going to work this time? Genduzi El Nenny as a pair don't work. Does not work. Mm. Does mm. not work. And you know what? My my big thing with this game, my my big statement for this game is: Are you surprised? When I saw that pairing in the centre, listen, I know we've we've spoken uh, before about El Nenny and saying he's a good utilitarian player to have in the no, squad. No, he's not. Just let me finish. He, he's a good utilitarian <laughs> player to have in the squad, is what we've said. Okay, but a no, pe- it's what you a, said. A pe- and I said it as well. There we go. <laughs> and I, th- I think Mike in Boston also uh, agreed with us because um, I think from memory the four of us were on on that podcast. But um, paired up with Ganduzi, who for me is. Uh, the jury was definitely out on Gwendozi for me, and I try not to be negative about players. I try and look on a more positive slant. But he was fucking shocking yesterday. He was spending more time bitching and moaning, flicking his fucking hair, uh, running after the referee, looking for stuff, losing the ball, losing the second touch. He was just shit. And El Nenny is so defensive. All he wants to do is sideways, backwards, sideways, backwards, and he slowed us down. There's no creativity in that midfield when you got those two. No, I thought it was the opposite of what you just said, Fergus. I actually thought that Kentuzi tried to play deeper and El Nenny was going forward trying to get on the ball and trying to play passes. And every time he got pressed, he looked like he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. And when he actually was sitting deeper and pinging some passes around El Nenny, his passing range wasn't that bad. I refuse to sit there and have a good hard go at Genduzi because it is clear and it's obvious you cannot play a 19-year-old and ask him to lead the partnership. You can't do it. He needs to be there is with a the senior person. And the second someone else came on, Genduzi looked a whole lot better. This, this is this is what I, I said when I saw the lineup. Is like, you know, look at Everton, Genduzi and Elneny. You play Genduzi with Xhaka or Torreira, not a bad partnership. You play Elneny with Xhaka. Or Torreira, and you, or you know, another senior player, and you you can get away with having that having that sort of squad rotation. But playing two players that aren't sort of mainstays in the team together, just it's it's it's. And with Jenkinson outside, I didn't I didn't see the full game, so I can't talk. Terrible. But Jenkins awful, having Jenkinson, Elneny, Gwendozi as a three. Across, you know, you've got Kalasnach one side that's probably that far forward that he's rarely in the midfield, but you've got those three that are going to be sort of in and around the midfield. It, it's just, it was baffling. Steve, it's a leadership issue. It's a leadership issue. You that need, as well. You need genuine personalities in the middle of the park to say, "This is where I'm going. This is where you go. You sit. I'm going." You need people to bark. No one was barking, and it even went to the point where Özil in the first half, for the entirety of the first half, was just floating around like an unflushed turd, no idea what he was doing. 
right? Going out onto the left yeah. wing, going out onto the right wing. Because you actually require someone to sit there and say, on the pitch, in that moment, this is how it's happening. You can play an A with an A. You can get away with playing an A with a B. You cannot play two Bs. Two Bs, absolutely. absolutely. It doesn't work. I was looking at um, Football London's uh, uh, website and they're looking at player ratings and they gave an El Nenny of four, um, saying no player made more tackles, but it was what he did uh, on the ball that mattered most. While having a safety first instinct, He ha- uh, it's hardly the end of the world, particularly in front of his, uh, this defence. His insistence on passing the ball backwards made Emery side even stodgier and slower. And with See, Gunduzi, my issue he said, with that was Ozil not... Ozil not... What's the word? Not coming for the ball. Not coming for the ball. He kept floating and I fucking off. And it was clear on the television. There was a giant hole in the middle of the park and the guys are looking at it going, well, where do we go? What else do we do? It was like watching old 1970s Dutch football. And, and when you know, we saw the, Ozil playing in that, in that space a few games back, it might have been Napoli at home, uh, and he commanded it. You know, it, 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 it's definitely the chemistry and the mix-up of squads and, and, and squad rotation. Jenkinson, yes, he had a mayor. Uh, come on then, Manny. Both barrels. Oh, no, no, hold, hold on. I'm going to get to him in a second. But I'm going to come at, at, at Fergus and Steve, right? Because in our little... In our little chat that we have, <clears throat> during the Napoli game, these two jokers were sucking off El Nenny because he came on and apparently was having a good game. Let me tell you why that was, because Napoli were pretty much out of it, right? They needed to score four goals. They weren't in this game. So, of course, he's going to come on and he's going to look great because Napoli have nothing to play for anymore. We didn't, we didn't when, say great. Hold on, hold on. When you start, when he started, right, against Everton and against Palace yesterday... You see exactly how useless this guy is. He offers absolutely nothing. Nothing going forward. Pass, at one point, he played the pass backwards and the whole crowd started groaning. Right? That's the sort of player he is. He's not a guy to start. He's not a guy to, to, to come on when you need a goal or when you need to control the midfield. He's a guy that comes on when I, you're freeing it up. I don't think, I, yeah, I don't think he's a guy to come on when you need to win a game at, game at home. I know um, no. Emery pr- probably went into it quite confident, saying our home record is very good, and this, that, and the other. And maybe he got overconfident on it. You know, uh, Max, you asked, and, and we'll look at the game as well. But you asked a question: Is he prioritising the Euro- Europe, Europe, Europe leagues too fucking early? Europa League over the over the actual um, top four? I I have massive I massive issues is. with this. I I think he is. I understand the argument that says you have to rotate your squad. I get that, right? But why wouldn't you therefore put in players and get the upper hand and get the goal ahead and then pull those assets off and then put on your defensive players? And I'll ask you this question. If we've been so bloody good at home, which we have been, why did you set us up away? Yeah, that makes because no it sense was very much an, a, a, an away performance, wasn't it? It, it, it was, it was almost inviting Crystal Palace to to just come at us it was. and to just stick it to us. And I've been a, I've been an an Emery fan for the entire year. I will continue to be an Emery fan. I'm not going to jump ship. I'm not going to be reactive. These last two games, Everton and Crystal Palace, are his two poorest performances for the year. Yeah, he he completely will fuck things up and Fergus Minton Jenkinson and I can't wait to get into this one right because <laughs> I didn't mind Jenkinson starting I think that made sense to me considering that Maitland now played the whole 90 minutes against Napoli 
what pissed me off, right, and the reason why I'm coming at, uh, at you, Fergus, is you are so quick to to criticize Gwen Doozy for his limitations that everybody already knows he has. But Jenkinson gets a pass because apparently Jenkinson is different. Now, I'm going to ask you this. How long has Jenkinson been at this club? When did he sign for us? Uh, currently now, too long. Answer the question. <laughs> uh, probably eight years ago. Is it eight years? 2009, I wanted to no, say. No, 2011. 2011, right? Eight years. Yeah. So he had about a four-month period, a four-month period in 2012 where he was relatively good enough and he got the England call-up, right? He's 27 years old, right? He's experienced enough because he's played in the Premier League for a good number of years. Look at the Palace first goal, right? When the ball is being played, everybody is deep, right? The only person that is not following the fucking line is Jenkinson. The reason when that ball goes in, the reason why Mustafi's got his hand up is because he sees that Benteke is offside. But lo and behold, had he been looking behind him, he would have seen a 27-year-old joker not looking across the line, following fucking Benteke. Why? But that's a, Why? Sunday, that's a Sunday footballer move, Manny. That's not defending as a unit. That's him defending as a singular. And that's the issue with Jenko. And that's so not, for maybe you not so much an issue with Jenko, but an issue with dragging Jenko into the team at this time of the year. And, it, you know, it still brings me back more to issues with Emery. But that's what someone does at Sunday football. They follow the ball. And that's all Jenko did is he followed the ball. He played him on side and we go down. And then all Crystal Palace need to do is do what Roy does best and just sit. Just sit deep. But where that that's the, it. So, wh- so go on, uh, this is, had, in, had I, you know, had somebody like, Mavropanos or Gwenduzi made that mistake you can go you know what not it's inexperience is this that and the other but you're 27 years old you've played international football you've played at the higher level all you need to do is look at where the line is right so for you to throw shade at a 19 20 year old who just come from league two who's, who's inexperienced and who's got clear limitations but you want to you don't want to criticize jenkinson because he's different that's bullshit just because he's he, he had arsenal fucking posters and arsenal fucking bed linen and he probably lost his virginity with an arsenal fucking condom he doesn't make him immune <laughs> to fucking criticism i wouldn't trust Fuck an arsenal carl condom. jenkinson i wouldn't trust an arsenal condom manny uh, not, it'd not, be fine not, at home but it'd be fucking terrible away <laughs> it's not the best defence in the world is it <laughs> listen you, you mentioned Mavro Palace Dino um, his shirt pull led to the Palace goal um, inexperience stupidity he was inexperience yeah, he, he was, was terrible poor. and underdone he wasn't great last week was he either no no he looks like a player that's just you know learning you know a new style I, like he came in and it was one style now he's, he's you know, been thrown in at the deep end in two I th- games, I think and it's two learning. crucial games at that. And he had a big injury as well. I think you know, mm. people have got. To rem- I mean, I, I for one wasn't hyping him last year. I thought you know, yeah, he's had a couple of good games, but th- coming back, you know, I, I mean, I've seen a lot of people mention it this year, like, oh, I can't wait for Mavropanos to come in. You know, they wanted to get him in two, three months ago. You know, oh, that, was, that was on the basis of one, one good performance the season before. One, and one then good he was game last season. Year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, and and I was just thinking like I would rather, you know, obviously injuries have have come through and he's had to had to come into the squad, um, but I would rather have of sort of give him give him this season to recover fully. He, he was playing well with the unders, bring him in next season, come through, come through, and you know I I'm not going to get on his back. I'm not going to 
you know, hype him and say that he's going to be the next big thing. But the 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 ill discipline is there with inexperience, and and hopefully, just hopefully, it's just a couple of small errors that won't cost us too much. <laughs> Max, did you have two points? Two points on that, boys. Number one, play a fucking four at the back, right? That that would be my first point. Would be for Mavropanos not to be playing at all. Just play a four at the back. My second mm-hmm. thing I wanted to say is I honestly think that centre-back is the hardest position on the pitch to come in and out of. You know, I think... Yeah, because you, 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 you have a pairing or a partnership and, and yeah. that along with uh, Leno, the keeper, as well. Other positions, you have fallbacks. Centre-back, you have no fallback. You are very much the last line of defence. I think it's really difficult to come in and out of a team. Callum Chambers, with time... Oh, in a team, every time Callum Chambers has, has had an extended run at Arsenal, he's actually done quite well. Callum Chambers was always really bad coming in and out of the team. And I think that's a symptom of being a centre-back and why when any team is at its most successful defensively, they have very hard, very set centre-back partnerships. Mm. This, this is one thing I was thinking last night and I was, I was hoping to bring up on the podcast because obviously we've we've all spoken about you know do we sell chambers do we not sell chambers and and just looking at you know at the rotation the last few games and the depth if we if we're gonna say get 25 million for chambers when when you look at the you know the the backup options we have with El Nenny or you know with Mavipanos at the moment who is still learning would it not make sense for next season to to keep hold of Chambers because Chambers, not with the sort I, of I think, money that we can get for him, Steve, because he's depends English, what money we've got coming in. Because he's got though. an English tax. I tell you what, Steve, if we could not get less than twenty million pound, you keep him. Mm. Well, that, that's, that's, that's it. Pound, you sell him. That, that's but even then, who are you going to replace? That's I don't think you have to replace him. I think like what you just said, Mavrapanos but then we're left, has had this but, season. But then to, we're left with someone like El Nenny that comes in as a as a rotation player. No, or he's fucking off as well. He's fucking yeah, off as well, though? Steve. Yes, absolutely. He's gone. <laughs> he will be. We hope Manny so. Manny and I were talking today about kidnapping people in the night, putting them in dog cages, and dropping them off <laughs> at other clubs. El Nenny will definitely be one of them. Mustafi will definitely be one of them. I hope I just, so. I just struggle to see what Callum Chambers is really going to be able to do, coming in with. All of these players in front of him. And to be honest, with that £25 million that we can get from Chambers, what we really need are defensive leaders. And that £25 million will go a long way towards getting Max. us a defensive leader. Max, um, I, I hear everything you say and I type of agree. But you say, what would he bring to the team, Callum Chambers? Um, he'll bring our homegrown quota up, which we have to have a certain number of, don't we? Are we yeah. in trouble there? Does anyone know that? I don't know. I think don't you have to have eight homegrown in your in your squad or something like that? I th- I think there is there is definitely a minimum quota. Mm. Definitely. Listen, that's that's a, a subject probably for the close season. Um, looking at the end of the first half, uh, Leno made three punches um, and just couldn't fucking clear the ball. Uh, eventually uh, got it, but it could have cost us a goal there. That was just before half time, and then booze at half time for fuck's sake. It's the first game. Uh, this season that we've had a, a, a um, well, we had the Wolves game as well, which is similar. But it was we're behind at half time. You know, don't boo your fucking team off. Hmm. Right, second half. Uh, 
Two changes at half-time. Jenkinson and Mavropanos, we've talked about them, were replaced by Ozil and a guy who made a huge impact, um, which was uh, Iwobi. Um It wasn't... Uh, yeah, uh, it was Maitland-Niles that came on. With the sorry, yeah, figures. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I, I typed this last night. Um, but they made uh, uh, instant impact, and Ozil uh, equalised with a cleverly uh, finished short, uh, shortly after half-time. However, the two goals in eight minutes ended Arsenal's 10-match winning league uh, run at the Emirates. Zaha capitalised on another mistake by Mustafi uh, to restore um, Palace's lead. And MacArthur, uh, his header, made it 3-1 before Aubameyang reduced the deficit to uh, 3-2 with his 19th goal of the season. You know what? I, I think, a bit like the Everton game, we should have at least got a point out of it, don't you think? Yeah. We should have. Um but my my issue was when Aubameyang scored this you know, this the, our second goal. We didn't go at Palace how I expected us to. We took way too long to do that. Um and then Iwobi had a chance. Matter of fact, let's go into Iwobi for a second, right? Because I am sick to death of this fan base having a go at that kid. I'm sick of it. And you know, I'm, 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 I'm an Arsenal fan. I support the club more than I support one player. But the abuse that this kid gets on a weekly basis for playing for this club is a fucking disgrace. Yes, he should have scored that. that he should have been ruthless with that chance. And that's his problem. But there is no denying that when he came on, the game drastically changed. Because all of a sudden we have... Urgency. Pace and, and power and trickery yep. on the wing. Look at the position. Look at the the, the um the pass he plays for Ozil for Lacazette. Sorry to play it to Ozil involved in that goal. All of a sudden, Palace had a problem. But people forget that simply because he missed that chance. I'm not saying that he will be is going to be this great player and he's going to be the Nigerian hope that we need. But he is what we have. And as wrote this on an article, right? That if we cannot. Support our youngsters who are trying to be great, who are trying to make their way at Arsenal. Then all of the youngsters that are coming through now, leave and be great somewhere else. Because this fan base doesn't deserve good youngsters because it's clear that we're not willing to give them time to grow. We're talking, there are people talking about, oh, look at Sterling's end product. Sterling was just like Irobi until recently. Sterling just started to be great. He just started to, to have his end product. But we can't give Irobi time. Why is that? Fuck this fan base. You know what? I think it's become fashionable to to it will be bash, um, and I'm starting to see a little bit of uh, Emery bashing coming out as well. There was a, a few people on various different Twitter platforms and Facebook platforms going, uh, "I'm done with this manager already." You know, it's shocking. <laughs> it is shocking. We're, we're going to talk about in the second half of the podcast about his first fifty games. And the record he's had, and in, do that in comparison to some other great managers we've had. But yeah, uh, a Wobie can be wasteful. A Wobie can be frustrating. He did fluff his lines a few times yesterday, but he did add uh, the difference from the first half to the second half. And I think if he was on from the start, maybe uh, maybe we talked about a different game. But with that double substitution, will that damage? Um, Jenkinson, okay, he's older, but Mavropanos, a young guy, you know, would that damage his confidence? No, it's a formational no. change, Fergus. It's a formational change, and, and the least senior player on the pitch ends up getting moved on. 
Okay. But I, I can't see that being an issue. No, he's got time. But he's got I mean, time he to, should to have kind of dust stayed. himself off. He should have stayed and Mustafi should have gone. In oh hindsight. my god. But let's... Mind, we mind, mind you, I, I think we had took two substitutions at half time. And then we... Who's the third one that came on later in the, in, in the game? Torreira. Torreira came on. And then all of a sudden you go, well, you need to get rid of Mustafi now still. You st- we still needed to make two or three substitutions at that point. The team was mm-hmm. just shite. Keke Mustafi. Yeah. He quite simply is the worst defender we've had at the em- during the Emirates era. Worse than Senderos, worse than Silvestre, and worse than Scalacci. For the simple fact that, you know, this guy came with big price tag and then World Cup winner and all of this, the errors that he makes are so basic and those are the type of errors I would expect from a 19-year-old, 18, 19-year-old, you know, the Zach Medleys and the Mavropanos to, to a certain extent. What the fuck was he doing? It's like he was expecting Leno to come out, but look at where the ball was. Why the fuck would Leno come all the way to the edge of the box? To do what exactly? The lack you of deal ownership with the situation. from Mustafi is horrific. The lack of ownership to sit there and point at your keeper who's kept you in the game multiple times. He to sit there and say, this is yours, come for it, was, was disgusting from her, him and was almost... That actual moment, not the mistake, but the moment where he looks at Mr. Uh, looks at Leno and pleads with him as if to say, why didn't you come? That, for me, is the nail. If there even needed to be one more nail for this guy, we've got to give him away. We've got to kidnap him in the night and just take him back to Valencia, knock on the door, ring the doorbell, and fucking We're going to it. Valencia in a few weeks. Yeah, we just leave him there. Leave him there. Yeah, take, just take, leave him, him, take him there and leave him. Yeah. <laughs> just leave him there. And it's... it's, it's, it's Oh, it's so, oh my god! It's so basic. And he right? got another yellow for diving situation. as well. Gave him a yellow for diving. It was a disgusting dive. He's just he doesn't own anything, right? And this is the problem, not with just Mustafi, but with a lot of these players. There's no ownership. They don't take accountability for their actions. You're over there blaming Leno. What's Leno going to do with it? Deal with the situation. Is he the difference between a top four place for us or not? Or not? Look away at Tottenham yesterday. How many more is he going to do before we realise that this guy is just absolutely shit? Somebody signed off on paying thirty-five million for this twat. I don't think we had a great choice but to play him today. I don't agree with the I don't agree with the formation us playing three at the back at home and taking this away uh, this away outcome into the game. But I mean, if you were going to if I had to pick the two centre backs in a back four based on what we have. I'm still going to have to pick Mustafi uh, because of his experience, not because you had to. No, would you? Not would you because not, I had to, but out of experience. Cos and uh, Socrates, if both available and fit. No, if both are available. Both available I mean, and fit. They're not. They're not available. Yeah. So if I'm running into this game and I'm writing down my team sheet before the game, which I do every week, I've I've got Mustafi starting. So this isn't an issue of selection this is an issue of ability and therefore this is an issue that we need to go into the transfer window and we need to handle if if rob holding didn't get uh, the serious injury he got do you think mustafi would have got as many games this season no absolutely not no i, no. I, I, I think ashoni yeah. i think ashoni would have been made you know a, a squad player um, I think, you know, they, they would have been holding and, and Socrates for the majority of the season mm. and then Koscielny to come in to rotate and then that useless ginger 
prick to so, rotate as well. So um, yeah. So we've got we've got Holding coming back next season, and he should take his rightful position as um, that centre back. We've got Socrates, who you probably could get another season out of. Uh, he's been very two, good this season. Two years, I think you'll get out of Socrates. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, and Kolchelny, I think he's out of contract, or he's got an option on his contract. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but he's pretty damn fucked. You would have him as a squad player and around the squad and stuff like that. But we do really, ne- really need to go out and buy a centre back to pair Rob Holding. Yeah. We do. There's, there's no way around it, because if you're going to go into next season, right, and and from the rumblings that I've read that you know centre back is not priority, I fucking hope that's that's just a joke. Because that's where we have the biggest issues. We need a centre-back. Maybe two, depending on what goes on in the summer. Because if I have to go another year, seeing Mustafi's name on the back of that great shirt, man. Mm. Right, Arsenal suffered their first home defeat in a London derby since uh, January 2016 when they lost 1-0 to Chelsea. Palace have avoided defeat in both league meetings with Arsenal in the campaign for the first time since 1979-1980. Obviously, they drew um, at Palace and they beat us. The prediction league, we all predicted a a home win, so the points don't change. We move on to um, our game in hand. Um, which is away at Molyneux at Wolves at 7.45 on um, on Wednesday night. Another game not shown on fucking TV. And the reason I say another, the Palace game, obviously it was Easter Sunday. Um, uh, wife said to me, said, uh, oh, wait, you're going to football on Easter? I said, no, no, it's all right, because I looked, it was four o'clock. I thought, yeah, it's it's on Sky TV. Um, so I said, no, no, we'll have a family day. We're the grandkids and all that, that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, I said, under the condition, I can go to the pub at four o'clock and watch the Arsenal game. She said, yeah, that's fine. So we stopped by the pub uh, after being out this in, uh, over the weekend and the governor came up to us and said, I can't believe the Arsenal game's not on. I said, yeah, it is, John, it's on a four. And he goes, no, no, they're putting the Liverpool game on. I said, you are joking. And I looked at the wife and she said, well, you've sold your ticket now. I said, yeah. So And then we got Wednesday night, not on UK TV. So it's another grainy stream for us all again. Mm-hmm. What do we reckon on Wolves? Has, is their season over in their eyes after losing uh, to um, Watford in the FA Cup? Um, they have got some really, really good, talented players. Um, which players are available for us or not available for us? Um, and who's the main main threat by them? Socrates is back, isn't he? Was it a two-game or a three-game? Two. Right, so he's back. Um, I mean, Diego Yacht has been good for them. And Jimenez, uh, their defenders have been playing well as a unit. I don't think they've had any serious injuries all season. Um, it's a tough one because they haven't been as, as good in the last few weeks since losing to Watford. Um, but then, you know, we're absolutely shy on the road. So <laughs> Everyone's going to get up against us everyone mm-hmm. they know what our waveform is they know where we're at how close this top four race is I think teams right now are going to be having a good hard look not just at us but at us at Manu at Tottenham at Chelsea and thinking there's points to be had there because mm. we, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to be going out to play we're going to be you know trying things that normally we probably wouldn't be trying in away games and I think that's where teams that are going to going to be big and physical and they are going to press fast are going to and going to get at us I th- I think you know we as I say look at Watford if they had 11 men it wouldn't have been a win 
Mm. Mm. Yeah, so what do we reckon on uh, score predictions for that game then? Yeah, I'll go to the wound. The wound from this last game is too new because I just want to say that I think we're going to lose. I'll go with a 2 2 draw if I'm. Um, yeah. I'll go with a 2 1 loss. Hmm. I don't even know where I want to go with this one because it would be so typical of us to. to put in a performance wouldn't <laughs> yeah. it it would be so typical because if that defeat yesterday did not piss those players off then I don't know what will so with that in mind I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna try to be positive on this one wow and I'm gonna go because I expect the team to respond I'm gonna go with a 2-1 win and if Emery picks the right team if he's serious with his tactics if he doesn't fuck it up again Two one win. Well, I match you on that one. Then? Should we talk squad then? Of what we're going to do? So it's away. If it's away, the general rule of thumb, thumb has been three at the back. If it's three at the back, you're essentially saying Mustafi's going to play. No, you don't. We're going to bring Monreal in and get destroyed on the counter attack. Wolves have been a counter attack team all year, home and away. No, 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 no. No, you don't play Mav. No, you don't play Mavropanos again. No, you put you put Monreal in because he's got that experience. You put Kalasinak in front of him. We haven't even spoke about Kalasinak. His final ball was shit. Awful. Yesterday, he was my worst player. But you put him. You put him in front of him. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, you put him in front of Monreal. On the other side, you have a back three of Monreal, Koscielny, and and Socrates with Maitland-Niles in front of, you know, Socrates. The midfield two, I don't know what's going to happen because Swiss Gimp might be out again. So that that's whatever happened there. Ozil will start. Ozil will start. Ozil in front. Yeah. And then the front two. Well, it's got to be Aubameyang, hasn't it? Uh, do, or do you keep Aubameyang on the bench and do Lacazette Wolby? I don't know. I'd probably do Lacazette. I would be tempted. I, I'd, I'd be Lacazette uh, Wolby because Aubameyang and Lacazette as much as they, you know, you see them do their their handshake celebration and everything else, they just don't seem to be clicking properly, do they? Well, they it need someone to connect defense. them. Yeah, they need someone to connect them heavily. When they're disconnected, they are out there on their own, cut adrift from the rest of the team. That's Ozil's job. Yeah. Mm, so. It is, isn't it? <laughs> nosh, nosh, nosh. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, the other thing that really annoyed <laughs> me, uh, we're talking about TV and TV changing fixtures. Really, really poor form by uh, the Premier League. Uh, noshing off uh, Sky TV, um, <laughs> basically moving our Leicester game from an eight o'clock Monday night football game uh, to uh, midday on Sunday. What about everybody who's arranged childcare, our hotels, trains? Fuck them! It doesn't matter. We don't get any of our money back. Any any people doing that? Are, are you, people make plans. It's it's just fucking wrong. This is the second time our Leicester game has been moved. Uh, the last time it was on uh, the fixture at the Emirates, and it was less than three weeks' notice. And there was meant to be a ruling put in at that point that there would be three weeks' notice period. Hello, it's not three weeks. You know what's hilarious about that, right? Is that they wrote an article. They wrote an article on the on, on Sky Sports saying, "Oh, you know, we, we're because our clubs have gotten to the semi-finals, we've decided to move these fixtures." Like they're doing us a fucking favor, right? It was written on Arsenal.com that if we get to the semis, that the Leicester game will be moved to Sunday, but it just wasn't written that it'll be moved to Sunday at twelve o'clock, 
right? So the Premier League acting as if they give a fuck that we're in Europe and they give a fuck that we're in the semis. No, they don't. It's because they still want money in their pocket. They don't care about the fans. They don't care about the ones who, who, like you said, made plans, maybe booked hotels, you know, to go a day in advance just so that they don't have to deal with the hustle and bustle of trying to get to Leicester on the Monday night. They don't give a shit. Never have, never will. It's all about money today. But if you're paying for a hotel room in Leicester uh, on a Monday night, it's going to be far more expensive than it would be on a Sunday because of business travellers and everything else. And um, all those fans are going to lose that money or else they've got to stay another day in fucking Leicester. Mm. Uh, Arsenal ladies, um, they done well. They beat uh, Everton away. Uh, sorry, Everton at home uh, 2-1. Uh, moved within three points of becoming cha- champions after a very professional uh, victory at Meadow Park. Uh, Louise Quinn and Vivian Medima scored the all-important goals, meaning... It's a good goal. Yeah. Um, so it looks like we are looking. We could secure our first women's title for seven years. So well done, ladies. Uh, keep it up. So... Um, what are we going to talk about now? Well, we there are we can touch on a couple of the games that we saw. Uh, the Man City Spurs game, the Champions League game. I, as semi-neutral, of course you always want Spurs to lose, but um, as a football fan, I thought it was a great game of football, very entertaining, and it was just bang, 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 loads of games. Um, VAR was put on there, and if you look at the second half, there was four goals scored in the second half, and there were six substitutions. There's 30 seconds in the rule book. There's 30 seconds per each one of those celebration substitutions allowed. Um, we had five minutes added on, but yet again, when Lorente, uh, the VAR decision on Lorente, where he touches hand, touches hip, um, that must have taken two or three minutes for them to at least, even being conservative, at least a minute for them to come up and, and, and award that goal and then there was uh, the offside that was given against Sterling's um, winning goal in my view um, mm. they, they either they need to do something with this VAR they either need to stop the clock while they're doing VAR or they need to add on the time because they didn't add it on in that game they should, I, I was texting my brother uh, and I was saying to him I said, it's got to be 8 to 12 minutes possibly on this game to be added on go on Max fuck VAR Fuck VAR and fuck what it's going to do to the game. How can you take the emotion? How can you take the emotion out of football and think it's still going to be the same? So for for every time a last-minute goal is scored, for every time there's any form of conjecture in those final moments, that great output of emotion where we dance and we run, and like Fergus has said before, where all he read was like being in a car crash in a rally car where... All he saw was sky and floor and coins and when everyone's dancing, the North London Derby. The North London Derby, when you couldn't talk, Fergus. How can we take that out of football when that is what football is? Football is an emotional release. A Spurs fan rang up um, uh, Talk Sport and he was talking about the game and uh, they said about VAR. The one thing he said that whatever VAR working in their favour, he said what didn't work was not being able to see what was going on on VAR and just say VAR in, in progress, goal line decision off offsider. It, it just puts a, a message on the screen and said, that's just weird. And he said, I... we scored three times and celebrated uh, five uh, five times because of the VAR decision. So it was. he said it was weird, but did it get I the right icon? I hate the idea that I have to watch a goal go in and then offset my emotions to wait to see if it's going to go to VAR. 
for me, it is the end of football but, as we know it. But won't most most goals, Max? Most goals will just be straightforward, and it's only contentious ones where somebody slightly offside are there's a, a Every tussle in the box. Every single last minute goal for the rest of history, as long as VAR is in, will go to VAR. Every single goal, even if it is completely straightforward, even if it's a fucking tapping, it's going to go to VAR because the refs, the second they have the crutch will lose their bollocks the same way it's happened in Union, the same way it's happened in League, the same way it's happened in Cricket. This is the future. Be prepared for it. I've been banging this drum forever. I'm very passionate about this, Fergus. I fucking hate it. I can hear that. I can hear that. Uh, the other game that I had written down here was obviously the, the Man City Spurs, the League game. Um, that was 1-0. Quite a good game, quite a competitive game. I thought City were very good. Um, I still think... The uh, shitty greeny blue shirt that Tottenham were wearing and Man City uh, blue. I, th- I think there was a colour clash in my view. It's, it's, it's too similar. Um, but enough about them. Everton uh, smashing Man United 4 0 just ahead of our game. What, what, a, what a result. And as I said at the start, what an opportunity for, uh, for Arsenal uh, if, if we had got the right result against Palace. Anybody want to talk on the Man U game? I know Manny won't talk about any other game whatsoever. Because I don't care. <laughs> Doesn't make a bland bit of difference, does it? We lost our game, so I can't really celebrate, can I? I don't give a shit what happened to United. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, like, I, I saw the 4-0, and obviously, you know, good result forever, and good should have been a good result for us. Um, I mean, in hindsight, you know, we're, we're off the hook that they lost and Spurs lost. Um... Uh, you know, and they're at bay again. But it's so frustrating as an Arsenal fan for the last God knows how many years to be saying, "Oh well, at least this team lost, and at least this team lost, so we still stay where we're at." I want to, I want to be progressing. I want to be moving three points clear. I want to be moving four, five, six points clear. And it doesn't fucking happen. And yes, you know, it's it's cold that Manu lost, and they they got they got their ass handed to them. But it's fucking annoying. Really annoying. It is annoying, bro. And I totally agree with you. And I'm going to steal um, something that Johnny said yesterday. That performance yesterday was Spursy. So when we talk <laughs> yeah. about, when we talk about, oh, they bottled it, they bottled it. We need to look at ourselves because we bottle it just as bad as they do. And we have done for the last few years. So enough of like, you know, when every time Tottenham lose and this and that, they lose. We're quick to jump online and go, oh, look, you bottled it, you bottled it. But we do the exact same thing. We're no better than them at this. I think, I th- yeah, I think, I think the only thing with that though is the reason we jump on their backs is because every fucking media darling, every every media pundit, everyone, they're all banging on about how good they are and how they're gonna do this and gonna do that, and all their fans Fuck that. set their fucking goal so high. And then, then when they bottle it, it's like, ah, the, fuck um, you. We expect fuck that, it. Steve. <laughs> the, the, Steve, fuck the, that. Focus on yourselves. Right, stop looking over there. Stop looking at the, you know the media, you know, sucking them off because of their stadium and what they haven't done and and the trophies that they haven't Max, won. Forget uh, all of that. Manny, Focus on us, Manny. It was yeah. quite funny. You know the goal compare guy uh, who. Oh, oh God! The, the, he, 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 <laughs> I hate that guy, okay, man. Open <laughs> Hang on, hang on. He was he was interviewed on Talkshite uh, the other day, and he was talking about uh, the Champions League victory and getting to the semi-finals and everything else. And he was asked to predict what was going to happen on Saturday, and he says it doesn't matter we've won the most important game you've won a quarter final you've got to a semi-final against a team like Ajax who could possibly 
easily knock you out and you could also completely fuck up the top four if we if we don't help them out um and end up having absolutely nothing we've won the most important game listen yeah. uh, <laughs> after after the napoli game unite emery was 50 games in charge and i think that was quite timely as well with it was a year I think after the Napoli game, or this weekend past, was a year since Arsene Wenger um, said he was going to hang up his hang up his boots. What have we made of those fifty games and 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 that year? Has much changed? Have we improved? Um, like Emery has won thirty-two of his first games, their first fifty games in all competitions. That's better than George, George Allison, George Graham, Herbert Chapman. Uh, Jack Crayson, Tom Whitaker, uh, uh, George Swindon, Arsene Wenger, Don Howe. Arsene Wenger and Don Howe equal on about 21-22. So on that basis, on the, on the very simple figures, you would have said Unai Emery's is an upgrade. Do you agree or disagree? Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. I, mean, um, I, I disagree with that statement that he's necessarily an upgrade or not. But it's been bloody refreshing. I know we've had games like yesterday, games like Everton, games like Wolves. Um, but that that comes systematically from having so many years of Arsene Wenger. I think seeing players like Awobi improve, seeing the way that we play play football is slightly different. It's you can see it moving forward, and 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 I do like that. I think I think it is refreshing. And I think it's ridiculous. I, I I see. I don't know whether it was a troll or not, but on Twitter yesterday, saying uh, you know, oh, and people think Unai Emery Unai Emery is better than Wenger because of yesterday. You know, overreacting, and it's just like we had these. You know, Palace especially, we had these fucking games all the time with Arsene Wenger. So it's the one who yeah. who else got pipe up on here? Why does it need to be one or the other? Why can't it just be something? different you know this is something because. that's new it's something that's refreshing yeah, exactly. it's it's been so far it's been quite a, a pleasant ride mm. it's been like getting on that one at the the fair that spins and isn't that interesting but you're sort of spinning <laughs> around a bit it's not been some giant like loop-to-loop roller coaster where we've been up and down it's been pretty consistent so i mean for for the first year for Emery to, to post the sorts of results he's posted, and I put the question out before, you know, Fergus, you told us everyone who he was better than. Who's been better than Emery statistically in their first 50 games? Well, you're looking at two, four, six, eight, nine managers. How many managers have we had? Probably about 20. So, and you're going back to. <laughs> quite a long way back when you look at a Herbert you're Chapman. Going back in, you're going back well, you, well, you in time about, to you, find the last person. You, you, you're talking about Herbert Chapman. Herbert Chapman was is lauded as, you know, the best ever manager and Wenger closely behind him. Yet and again, you're talking about a different game and a oh, absolutely. different time. Absolutely. You I, know, I, in, in, this, in this world right now, to bring a manager in, in the state of the club that we were in, with the uproar and the turmoil that we were in, to have 30-something wins from 50-something games, I would argue is ginormous. And he hasn't even taken control of the club yet. He hasn't even started to implement things in his own image, in his own playing style. So is he an uh, upgrade? Surely. surely uh, no, maybe, maybe he's an upgrade on what Wenger became. I don't think he's an upgrade on Arsene Wenger. 
Okay. Max, thank you. Uh, Manny, I know you were <laughs> extremely vocal at the uh, end of the Wenger era for a number of years at the end of the Wenger era, so much so that you actually put yourself into a, a hiatus just to protect your own sanity. Um, a year on? A year on, and I'm actually I always look forward to watching Arsenal play. Um, you know, in in even if we win or if we lose, I just want to see us get back out there and try again. Whereas, you know, oh God, you, you were there, Fergus, when you were there when I popped up the first time on the forum mm. and it was non-stop for how long, what, two Why years? Why did I ever fucking DM you? I do not know. <laughs> I don't know. Because you just you because you just wanted me to stop. I wasn't going to. Yeah. Right, because on inviting the- people who you regret, Fergus. I do indeed, Max. No, it wasn't actually. It wasn't Fergus who invited me. It was it was my mate James, right, who you know invited me to, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. A platform for Arsenal fans, great. So I can you know be vocal about it, you know. And I took so many hits, and I'm glad I took those hits because I enjoy watching this club again. The reason, Max, to answer your question, the reason why you know some people simply will not let go, and any Emery slip up. They will use that to beat him around the head with. It could be anything, you know, leaving Ozil out, losing to Palace. You know, they will overlook the good things just to pick on the bad things because they can't let go of the previous manager. For them, the previous manager is like somebody still having the dirty panties or boxes (laughs) of their previous partners. And occasionally they will sniff them just to have a reminder right of what used to be what 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 they used to have you know what i mean they won't wash them they want that old scent still on them it's and that's how nice some fans are the memory manny of an old girlfriend it's always nice that's, to have that's that all memory have. there one in the bank that you can go back to so it, that's it, all they have so, that's uh, all they have they don't want to let go of you know of, of the previous manager is emery so an upgrade want, he's an upgrade on what the previous manager became. Mm-hmm. Is he an upgrade overall? Nah, not until not he wins yet. something. When he until wins he wins something, something and he wins. Big. I tell you what, if he finishes this year, and we finish top four, and we win the Europa League, I'll I'll just about say, I'll, I'll just about be there. I reckon. If he wins the Europa, upgrade. yeah. If he wins the Europa, he's already got for me one nil. In the, in the in the European section in the Premier League, I don't think he will get there, especially I, I, with the invincible uh, season. With, with with the squad that we've got, I don't think is a million miles away from any of the invincibles. It's a million miles away from Man City, uh, especially on the road, um, and it's a million miles away from some of the other teams in, in in the league. For him to achieve what he has in the league, and and if he does get top four with the squad that we've got, with a player that sometimes plays and doesn't play, who's you know the meant to be our jewel in the crown player as in Ozil I think what he's achieved so far has been very very good um, he does need to at least qualify for the top four or win the Europa League if he wins the Europa League fantastic as a trophy um, I would forgo top four for winning the Europa League even if it didn't mean we got Champions League football is what I mean because it's a trophy it's winning something it's a European trophy we haven't done that um uh, yeah. And so can we not can we not change the question then? Because for me, Arsene Wenger, because he was here for so long, he almost has two eras. Go on, change he the question the then. First, What's the, what question well, would you say? Well, he has the first ten years and the last ten years, 
So I see Arsene Wenger's most success being kind of within that first period and then that second period. So it's really Highbury versus Emirates. So is he an upgrade from anything we've had at the Emirates? Is he the best manager we've had at the Emirates? I'm starting to lean towards yes. In this era, in this Emirates era, yes, based on this, he's really pushing. And if he does get us a top four and if we do get a Europa, it will be unequivocal that Emery is the greatest manager of the Emirates era, of the modern era. He, you definitely got a shout out for that, haven't you? Yeah. Hmm. Um, Steve, do you want to have the final word on yeah, this one? Yeah, just, just, just on that. Um, I mean, I've, I've said before that the first few years of the Emirates, when we had squads full of shit, probably, probably player by, you know, player for player, probably worse than we have now. I think Arsenal did a great job of keeping us in that top four with the financial restraints. I think Emery, if he wins his trophy and does that for the next couple of seasons, even if we don't win the league, that will then be equal. But basically what what Max was just saying. Yeah. So I, Listen, I'm pleased with him. Um, and mm. the naysayers out there, you know, check yourselves out. He's 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 done all right. You know, he's... He's... You know, as I said, with the squad he's got, with the players he's got, um, he's got players that don't play his type of football. He's had to change the formation, change uh, the work ethic, change the training regimes. We all say it's a two, three-year project, uh, and I think we all predicted that we'd get fifth or sixth, um, and maybe uh, top four was a was you know, that bit too far for us. Um, and I know we said midway through the season, if we got into the Champions League next season. We're not good enough, I don't think, um, to to progress very far in it with this squad. Uh, I think we just he just needs to have more impact um, on the squad selection that mm. we have. Boys, it will come. boys, yes, it will come. It will come. Uh, boys, thanks very much as always. Um, have a lovely what's left of the Easter. Um, let's hope we enjoy the game on Wednesday night and come out with a positive result, and then again on on Sunday. Uh, thanks a lot, boys. Up the arse. Thanks for listening to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Listen, uh, we'd love to know if you like our stuff. Um, if you do, share it on your Facebook feed, uh, your Twitter feed. Um, give us a rating or review on iTunes, SoundCloud, or ACAS, or whatever platform you listen to us. We are just Arsenal fans do what Arsenal fans do, uh, talking about Arsenal. We do this because we love Arsenal, uh, we love talking about Arsenal, we love watching Arsenal, because uh, we are Arsenal and we are the best. Up the arse. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons and remember to rate and review us too. 